Today I have asked uh, Cody, our Connections pastor, to come and bring the word. Come on, Pastor Cody. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Allen. Um, good morning, everybody. Like Pastor said, uh, my name is Cody Holman, which is really fun to say out loud now. Um, but I am the Connections Pastor here, and it truly is just a joy to be a part of all that God is doing here, um, and a joy to serve under the incredible leadership that is here. So can we just give honor to Pastor Allen and Pastor Kathy for their leadership here? <clears throat> You know, um, our vision here at New Life is connecting people to their God-given purpose, and I'm so grateful that um, their vision is not just for the congregation, but also for their staff to be connected to their purpose, and so I'm just grateful for leaders who believe in me and want to give me opportunity to come up here and talk to you this morning. Um, But that being said, if you are new, welcome. One of my favorite things about what I get to do is help our first-time guests get plugged in, uh, specifically plugged into small groups. Woo! Love small groups. Um, But yes, so we're just excited that you're here today, and if you don't like the message today, no problem. Come back next week, because I won't be speaking again. So uh, make sure that you come back and give us another shot. But again, happy Thanksgiving. I know everyone has said it, but I don't know about you. I love this time of year because it's like at Thanksgiving, you just eat so much food, right? Like you eat so much, you get into a carb coma and then like Christmas is coming. And so it's like already Christmas. Like how many of you have your tree up? Like you're like, it is ready. Yeah. Did anyone have it up before Thanksgiving? Anybody sneaky like that? Okay, I held off on the tree, but I had the nativity set out like September 1st, ready to go, like garland, everything. So um, I love this time of year, though, because this little section in between Thanksgiving and Christmas is where I just completely let myself go. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know what, Cody? We're going to eat so bad on Thanksgiving, and then we're going to turn around and eat really bad on Christmas, so why not just wear sweatpants until then and just eat all I want? Anyone else with me? Like, you're like, I'm just eating so much? Yeah, and it's okay because January 1st is going to come around, and we're all going to start a new diet, and we're all going to join that gym that we said we were going to this year and we never did. It's coming January 1st, New Year, New Me. Amen? Um, So that's what I'm just telling myself so I can get through the Christmas holiday, but um, I'm just so glad that you are with us this morning. I'm loud, so I hope that you've had some coffee today and you are ready to go. Will you just turn your neighbor and shake him a little bit and say, are you ready? And all the introverts are like, I can't believe she just asked me to do that. I'm so angry. But hey, you know, again, we're all eating, we're all enjoying it, and so I felt like this is the best time possible, right after Thanksgiving, to talk about running. Anyone excited? The message is about running today. Yep, all of your stoic faces tell me you are jumping for joy right now. Um, But we are talking about running our race. And for those of you who have known Jesus for a while and you've been in church for a long time, they're going to put the verse up and you're going to be like... Ah, man, this old classic verse, I've heard this one, and you're going to want to check out. But I want to tell you, as I was preparing for this message and praying for this message, I believe that God wants us to look at this scripture with fresh eyes, and he wants to speak to us in a new way this morning. So we're in Hebrews chapter 12, and the verse says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. 
We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for today. God, thank you that you are here. I thank you so much for this word that you've given me today. And Lord, I just pray that I would get out of the way, that I would decrease and that you would increase, Lord, and that your word would speak to every single person in this room. Lord, I pray that this verse would come to us in a fresh way today. I pray that you would work in the hearts of every single person here, Lord, and that you would have your way. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so how many of you in here actually enjoy running? Like it fills your cup. Yeah, okay, so you like it. You're like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't relate to that at all. And so, you know, it's really interesting because I wish God made me that way. Like I wish that, you know, every day I woke up and I said, you know what sounds so good? A green smoothie does. Or, hey, it's lunchtime. Nothing's better than a salad. Or, you know what? I've had a long day. I don't want a bowl of Bluebell Rocky Road ice cream. No, I want to go sprint three miles. That's what I want to do. And that's just not me. So I know some of you in here actually enjoy that. So you're blessed. That's great for you. How many of you in here are like me and you're like, I'd prefer not. I just prefer to not run or do any physical activity. Like those stairs coming up to church on Sunday, that's my weekly workout right there. Um, So I relate to you. But all of us who are like, no, ma'am, not running for me, we can all admit, right, that after we actually do some physical activity, we feel like we can do anything in the world. Like, I did 10 crunches. I'm good for like a month. Like, I'm feeling strong. I'm so great, right? We feel good after we exercise, even though we don't like it. So, If we know that running or exercise of some type will make us feel better and stronger, why don't we do it? Because we're lazy, right? We are lazy. We are comfortable. It is way more fun to put on your comfy pants. Anyone got comfy pants? Is that a girl thing or do guys guys have comfy pants? I don't know. Talk to your spouse about that later. But anyways, you go home, you put on your comfy pants, and you start watching Netflix. That is way more fun than exercising, right? But we love to be comfortable. And it's pretty normal for us to gravitate towards what's comfortable. And the not so great thing about this is that God doesn't call us to a life of comfortable. He doesn't call us to a life of sitting back and relaxing all the time. He does give us permission to rest, but he doesn't give us permission to stay in a posture of constant resting and never actually stepping up to action. So in this verse, It says, he says, run with endurance. You know, I wish just as much as you did, there was a different word choice there. Like maybe just walk or like get there when you can or just give it your best. And, you know, maybe just a brisk walk every few minutes, you know, as a little break. I wish that's what he said. But unfortunately and fortunately, he says, run the race set before you, the unique race set before you. And so today, I want you to picture yourself on the race that God has for you. You know, I don't know the dreams that God has put in your heart. I don't know the passions that he has instilled in you. I don't know what makes your heart come alive or, or when you see a certain thing or you hear about a certain ministry or when you see someone in need. I don't know what pulls on your heartstrings or the way that God has specifically wired you, but you do. And so this morning, if it helps, we're going to do a little activity. I want you to close your eyes if you feel comfortable. And we're going to picture ourselves about to run that race. Like we're geared up, we're stretched. We had water. 
Like we had eggs for breakfast. We got our Nike shoes on and you look good. Like you're strong, you're fit. You're like, I am ready to run this thing. You've got your Apple AirPods in, blasting 50 cent. I'm kidding. You love Jesus, so you're listening to Chris Tomlin's God Great Dance Floor. And it's just so loud and you're ready. And your eyes are set on the race. And what do you see? What do you see? What race has God called you to? And more so than that, I want you to analyze what you're doing to get there. I want you to picture yourself, eyes still closed. Are you running at all? Maybe you feel like you're on the bench and you're so exhausted and unmotivated that you don't even feel like you can get up because you don't even have the energy to get started. Maybe you're walking in the back like it's high school again and you're angry at your PE coach and you're like, everybody's in front of me. I don't want to do this. So I'm just going to walk in the back and everyone else is way better at running than I am. So I'll just hang out back here. Maybe you're moving, but you're just keeping a comfortable jog, right? You're just jogging lightly. You don't want to push yourself too hard, even though you have the potential, but it's easier to just kind of blend in with everybody else and keep a basic pace. Maybe you are running. Maybe you're actually running, but you're looking beside you and behind you, and you're worried about what everyone thinks because you sweat a lot when you run or your arms are flailing all around. And so you're so concerned about what everybody else is thinking about you that you're not actually giving it your best effort. Or maybe you're sprinting and you're showing off and you're pushing yourself so hard and your legs are on fire only to find yourself so burnt out and exhausted and confused as to why you can't run anymore. Now open your eyes. Are you feeling really encouraged this morning already? Now, I feel like the hardest part of this word that I believe God's given us today is the personal revelation as to what you are doing and how you're stewarding this race and how you're really running. To take a look at yourself and say, am I actually doing as best as I can? Am I actually putting in all the effort that I know I should be? Am I running my race well? Or like the verse says, am I running my race with endurance? And that's what we're going to talk about today, is endurance. How do we develop this? Why is this important? How do we run our race with endurance? And there's a few points I want to talk about today. The first one is that if we want to run with endurance, we have to train. We train. If you're taking notes, write that down. We train. And the reason for this is if you have not gone on a run since 2002, and somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I'll give you $1,000 if you can sprint a mile. I guarantee you somehow, some way, you'll be able to finish that mile. Your legs will be on fire. You might be crying, right? But you're going to push yourself to complete that mile and sprint your way through. However, if somebody says, hey, I'll give you $1,000 if you run a marathon really quick and you haven't run since 2002, not even a prayer is going to get you through that marathon because you're not going to make it, Right? Why? Because you have to train for a marathon. You do. And so if our physical bodies cannot make it through a marathon without training, why do we think our spirit man's going to make it through the marathon of life without training as well? And so right here, we're talking about training and endurance. And running our race, like it talks about in Hebrews, is not a sprint. It's a marathon. 
And it's so hard for us to appreciate this because we like that sprint lifestyle, right? We like quick fixes. That's why we love apps and we love Amazon Prime, anybody? I love Amazon Prime. And we use microwaves, okay? So this is a small thing. We, growing up, I never had a convection oven. My parents are here. I love them. We had a toaster. We had a microwave. It just wasn't something we had in our house. And so when Richard and I got buried and we were doing our registry, you know, with the little guns you're zapping around, and he's like, oh, we need a convection oven. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, this is going to take up so much counter space. But, you know, it's so big. And so I'm like, okay, fine. You know, I'm selling, like, my version. But really, I was like, whatever you want, sweetie. And now I'm like, it's so big, right? But so we get the convection oven. And I didn't know that you could make things that are meant to go in an oven on such a small scale. Like, you can put things in an oven in the convection oven. I know most of you are like, obviously, didn't know this, right? And your house doesn't have to become a million trillion degrees. So it's a beautiful thing. So I come home one day, and I'm like, okay, you know what I want? I don't care about my health. I want a Marie Callender's chicken pot pie. Anybody? Hallelujah. So good. I love chicken pot pie, right? But you know, the best part of the chicken pot pie is the crust when it gets like golden, you know, and then you mash it in there with your fork and you put salt and pepper on it. It's so good, right? So I'm like, oh, I need my chicken pot pie. And I'm not going to microwave that. I'm going to put it in the convection oven. Now, newsflash, don't know if you know this, but it takes just as long for something to cook in the convection oven as it does the actual oven. So I was very disappointed to know it was going to take an hour for my chicken pot pie to cook. I know you're like, where are you going with this? Well, did I wait an hour or did I put that thing in the microwave? I put it in the microwave because it was only going to take seven minutes and I was hungry. And the funny thing about that is, is that we do this all the time in life. We take the shortcut knowing that actually if we waited and did it the right way, it would be a lot better. And so, so many times in our life, we look for that quick fix or that quick answer. Oh, that you have a wedding to go to? You wait until the week before and you do like a juice cleanse, right? You're like, oh, I'm going to look so good. We, and we do this in our Christian life too. We do this and we're saying, God, I, I'm going through a difficult time. I need to hear your voice. I don't hear you. And he's like, but did you take the time to train and learn how to hear my voice so when you really needed to hear me, you were ready? Or we have a big decision to make and we open our Bible and it's in like the middle of Malachi and we're like, what does this mean? I don't understand, right? But we haven't had a quiet time in three months and God's like, well, if you were trained up, if you stored up the word in your heart, then when you open your Bible, you might know how to better navigate it because you did the training. So you would be ready to receive what I had for you. And it's the same thing when you think about runners, right? If you're running a marathon in March... You're going to have to train in December, and that's not going to be convenient, right? Circumstances aren't convenient to run outside in the cold, but it takes the hard work in the winter season to be able to enjoy the blessing that's going to come later. And a lot of times we don't train, and then we get to spring season, and we're trying to run, and we're like, why is this so hard? And it's because we didn't train for it before. We have to develop strong and healthy habits in our life and our spiritual life that will keep us running throughout every single season. We have to be willing to train in every season to be prepared for every season. And a lot of times that might be going through a circumstance or training in a circumstance that isn't convenient for us. A lot of us avoid this training period because it isn't convenient. It's not always convenient to get up an hour earlier and have your quiet time. It's not always convenient to prioritize your budget to get a babysitter so you and your spouse can go out and actually have a date night. 
It's not convenient to get to church early so you can serve on a serve team. It's not always convenient, but you have to train because when it comes time to run, and it is time to run, you need to be in shape and you need to be ready. So my question for you is, how are you training for your race? Are you carving out time for things that are important to you? Are you dedicating time during the week to your dreams? Are you prioritizing your relationship with God? Or are you kind of just letting life happen to you? We have to intentionally train. The second way that we develop endurance is we join a running group. We join a group. And I know a lot of you are like, okay, the Connections pastor is going to get up there and try to use this moment to plug small groups. And you are 100% right. And this is why, okay? It is not because anything special happens to me when a bunch of people sign up for small groups. If 500 people in this church sign up for small groups, nothing changes for me. The only thing that changes is that people actually got how important it is to surround themselves with community. Okay, let's look at this verse. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, who are you surrounded by? Who are you surrounded by? And yes, I'm talking about small groups here because this is something we offer that you can be a part of. But let's go back to our running analogy. Runners are 78% more effective when training with a running group, even if their skill is way above everybody else in the group. They still are more effective. Why? Because when you surround yourself with people who are headed the same direction as you and have the same goals as you, when you want to sit down on the bench, that running group's not going to let you do that. They're going to pick you up and say, no, no, no. We have a mission to complete. We have a race to run. No, we got to train for this. Come on. Hey, where were you? Why were you at running group this week? I hope you were making up for it this week because next time we get together, we're doing two miles. Right? You have a group of people who keep you accountable and sharpen you and encourage you and won't let you sit down on your race because they want to keep you accountable. Right? Join a running group. This also is applied if some of you are like, okay, well, I get the benefits, but I'm still not joining a small group. That's fine. If you don't want to join a small group, I still want you to take a moment and think, who are you currently surrounded by? Who in your life is around you right now speaking life into you? If you were to say, you know what, I'm going to run my race, and I feel like God wants me to open this small business. Are the people that you have surrounded yourself with people that are going to instill hope in you? and confidence, and encourage you, and say, yes, that's amazing. Let's pray about this. Let's work through this. Let's look at the plan. Or is it going to be people that are naysayers and negative, and speak, oh my gosh, how could you do that? You don't have enough finances for that. All small businesses are failing these days. Who are you surrounded by? Because if the people in your life are constantly pointing you towards your race, and towards who God has called you to be, and towards the dreams he's put in your heart, you're going to be 78% more effective to get there. So join a group. And I think it's so funny because, you know, we hear this and we're like, oh, okay. And you hear that, that phrase that's like, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. But I think it's so interesting that in these circumstances, we actually seek counsel from people who have no right to be giving us counsel in the first place. We're surrounded by, some of you know this, because you went to Thanksgiving this week, and you had some family members that are, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have a baby? When are you going to quit that job? When are you going to lose some weight, right? And you allow people to speak into your life. And if you live by people's celebrations, you're going to die by their criticism. 
okay? And so whoever you're surrounded by and you're allowing to speak into your life needs to be headed the same direction that you are or needs to at least be sharpening you to follow the dreams of that direction. If I'm in debt and I need help to get out of debt, I'm not going to find somebody who's in debt and be like, hey, can you teach me how you do your finances? Can you help me in this area? No, I'm going to surround myself with people who are also trying to get out of debt, who can encourage me to get there, or someone who's already out of debt who's going to be able to sharpen me and teach me along the way. Who are you surrounded by? So first we train. Then we join a small group, running group, whatever you want to call it. Join a small group, just saying, that was last time. Okay, so the next thing we do is that we tie our shoes. We tie our shoes. Back to our verse, it says, Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. If your shoes are untied and you're constantly tripping, you're not going to be as effective in your race. And, you know, I really don't need to spend too much time on this because if you're living in sin and you're doing something that's displeasing to God, you know That's why right when I bring it up, you get that little feeling in your heart of like, oh, oh no, right? Why is this bad? Is it bad just because you can't run your race effectively? Well, sure, God wants his best for you. His best is not living in sin. So sure, he wants you to be clear of weights and he wants your shoes to be tied so you can run effectively. But more importantly, when we live in sin and we make the choice to sin, we open the door to the enemy and invite him in. Not only into you, into your life, into your spirit, but also into your family and other relationships that you have. Because what happens is when we open the door to sin and we invite the enemy in, he begins to instill shame and insecurity and fear and jealousy and bursts of anger and things we can't explain. And we're like, why am I behaving this way? And then what happens is that we never want to join a group because we're afraid someone might ask us how we're really doing and then we're going to have to lie to them. And then we start hiding things from our spouse and then we start losing intimacy with them because we don't want to be honest with them about what we're struggling with. And then we start to separate ourselves from friendships and then we become so secluded that we didn't even have to stop running because the enemy made us so insecure and worried that we sat down on the bench ourselves. So when we live in sin, not only are we not effective to run our race, but we also open the door to the enemy to come in. Now some of you in here are like, well... I'm not struggling with a particular sin. You know, I'm not perfect. I know that. But I don't have this terrible sin that I'm struggling with. And if that's you this morning, you are not an exception to this, okay? Because right here it says, weights. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Sometimes our shoes are tied up pretty good, but we're too lazy to get up or we're too weighted down to get up because we have all of these things on us. And a lot of times I believe that we end up picking up the weights and setting them on ourselves because of mismanagement. For instance, a lot of you are so overwhelmed by things in your life, completely overwhelmed. Your calendar is filled to the brim. You have things packed up all over your home. You have so many things all around you. And maybe you just need to learn how to say no to some people and clear some space in your calendar. You know, learn to say, you know what? I might disappoint this person temporarily, but I have to get my life in order. And I'm not going to let the weight of being overwhelmed keep me from pursuing the Lord because I'm in control of my own life and I get to choose the way that I manage my time because God's entrusted me with that. 
And maybe the first step is actually stewardship. Because if we steward well, it'll be a little easier to take those weights off and be able to run effectively. Sometimes it can be even practical steps of taking care of our body. Some of you are like, oh, I'm so tired all the time. I'm so tired. But you drink coffee all day and you eat fast food and you come home and you go to bed at 7.30 and you're like, why am I so exhausted? And maybe if you made some changes in your diet or started walking in the morning, it would change the way that you're able to steward yourself. Some of you are like, oh, I'm so weighted down by our marriage. My spouse just doesn't care about me. But every night when you come home, you don't even look at each other because you're just looking at the TV the whole time. And you don't even allow God to have space to build intimacy in your relationship. So a lot of times the reason we're weighted down is because of mismanagement. And so you know what? We just need to quit living in sin and we need to take these weights off so we can run. Amen? Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, tie your shoes. Tie your shoes. Last but not least, the last way that we develop endurance is to stop looking behind you. Back to our verse, it says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. The enemy's plan in your life is to steal, kill, and destroy. Your confidence, your hope, your motivation, and only you get to choose the voice that you listen to. And it's a lot easier to listen to the voice of Jesus when you're looking at him, but it's kind of hard to hear him when you're looking behind you at all the things you used to do or who you used to be, and you're making excuses to say, okay, well, I'm running, but God, do you remember when I did this? Or do you remember when I made that mistake? Or did you know that I used to be that way so I don't feel like I'm qualified to run? And some of you have actually prayed through and released the shame of your past, but you're too busy looking beside you. Uh, why, why is that person so far ahead of me? Hey, how'd they, how'd they get ahead of me? I'm in better shape than they are. Why did they get that? How come their race looks so much better than mine? And Jesus says, look at me. How do we run our race? By keeping our eyes set on Jesus. Amen. We cannot run effectively if our sight is in all different directions. It's hard to determine his voice if our eyes are not set on him. And we use this as excuses. Some of you are those people walking in the back of your PE class and you're like, well, I I can't run because of my past or I can't run because of so-and-so or you don't know how jealous I am because of so-and-so. And I love this quote by Rachel Hollis. She says, if you really want something, you'll find a way. And if you don't really want something, you'll find an excuse. If you really want something, you will find a way to get it. You will. But if you don't, If you're like, oh, I could run my race, but it's just more comfy on the bench, you'll find an excuse. Stop listening to the excuses in your head. The enemy wants to convince you that you need to sit down and you're not capable to run. You are not selfish because you train for a marathon. You are not a bad mom or dad because you prioritize a date night once a week. You are not a bad mom or dad because you actually don't fix your kid's cereal in the morning because you're busy in your quiet time. Have them get a Pop-Tart. They'll be fine. (laughs) There are so many reasons and so many excuses that you can make up in your head as to why you can't be effective in the race that God has set before you. You are not a bad friend because you say no sometimes. You have to train. Jesus died so we would have freedom 
and hope. We have a relationship with God now where he says, no, 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 your old past, that doesn't matter because once you accept me into your life, I have a unique race and plan set before you just for you. I know the desires of your heart. I know the way that I wired you. I gifted you this way. I put those passions inside of you. And I want you to go for it. Jesus died for that. Not for bench sitting. Not for comparison. So stop worrying about what other people think. And some of you in here are like, well, Cody, you know, if if God really wants me to make a change or if he really wants me to start running or if he really wants me to prioritize those things, then, then he'll speak to me. But the beautiful thing is that the Bible is what God already spoke into existence. And it says run. It does not say walk. It does not say sit. It says run with endurance. So what does that mean? That means we're going to train. That means we're going to prioritize the things that are important to us and important in our relationship with God. So no matter what season comes or no matter when we're going to have to actually start running that marathon, which is today, we'll be ready We're going to join a group because we're not going to let people who have no right to speak into our lives and discourage us from the dreams that God has called us to, to speak into us anymore. So we're going to surround ourselves with a group of people who have the same mindset as we do and want to encourage us and sharpen us along the way. We're going to tie our shoes because we're going to close that door to the enemy and we're not going to let him tell us anything else. And we're going to strip off the weights because we're going to learn to say no to people and learn how to prioritize the things that are important to us. And we're going to stop looking behind us and looking beside us and listen to the enemy and what he continues to tell us. But we're going to choose to set our eyes on Jesus, the perfecter of our faith, and run the race that he has set before us. Amen? Amen. Will you bow your heads with me this morning?